You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the Outer Rim and beyond. Hello there, and welcome to the very first episode of Faster, More Intense for The Mandalorian Chapter 1. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, as always, my faithful co-pilot, Matt the Crankster Cranky. Woo, man, I'm so pumped to be here. Oh, man, a day that, uh, man, I know a lot of us, if you're listening to this, you've been waiting for this day, man. Live action Star Wars on TV that we can download and watch anywhere. Oh, man, this is... What a great time. Uh, this is going to be just a great few weeks. We talked about it on our other podcast, but so excited to start faster, more intense. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're uh, I guess, starting off with uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian, which was, uh, I guess we'll get into in a minute here. But uh, wow. Um, I, I, how do you want to start? Do you want to just start with like um the app itself? I, I know a lot of people were having issues with it, apparently, but luckily... I was able to download the app on all my devices, uh, yeah. streamed perfectly, streamed in 4K uh, on my TV, which was glorious. So happy about that. Not to mention the other uh, Star Wars uh, movies that are on 4K. I had no idea that was happening. And I, I saw the rumors going around, and then all of a sudden I looked at it today, and I was like, wow, this is true. So, wow, that is that is pretty darn cool. Um other than that, though, Mike, I, I don't know. You have any issues with the app or anything? Any problems? Um, I saw some issues this morning. I, uh, but last night when I was watching, because I watched, I watched it at ten thirty last night, um, and when I watched it at ten thirty last night, no problems. Uh, using the PlayStation Four app, um, yeah. So, so I didn't have any issues initially, but then this morning when my daughter woke up, I wanted to show her all the stuff and it wouldn't even load in mm. the the shows yeah. like the menu wouldn't even come up so um so yeah this morning was definitely rough stuff uh and then and then it kind of it kind of cleared up a little bit i managed to with the with the app on my phone at about six o'clock this morning start downloading a couple of things uh to, to watch on my commute and i had downloaded a couple things last night as well i luckily had downloaded the first episode of the Mandalorian on my phone at the same time that I was watching it oh, good. Yeah. so that I could then watch it again. Um, mm-hmm. So when it was down for everybody else, I was able to, to kind of go back in and scrub back and forth and, and, uh, and, and, and sort of go back through it to write some notes. But uh, I, 
yeah, I know that other people were having issues, but this kind of to be expected. It's a this is a major um, uh, multinational launch. Obviously, it's not a worldwide. Um, for some reason, it is the United States, Canada, and the Netherlands. Um, yeah, and uh, and the UK is actually they have to wait until like March. Um, which is a little bit insane, I think, yeah, but, yeah. but, um, I'm sure that there are reasons for that. Um, there are still a few weird things. I, I, I think that people are finding like, uh, solo and the last Jedi are not on there yet. Right. Um, being yeah. that they are, they're still on Netflix. Um, so there's still an exclusivity deal there. Um, same with the Marvel movies. There's a few Marvel movies not on yeah, there. There's yet, a couple so. missing. I, yeah. but, I. I I mean like it I the app itself I think is a great app I think I think like usability wise um it's it's very simple um it it, it works the way that it's expected to um it is very much Netflix uh which is great um but uh, there's a couple of things about it that are better than Netflix it doesn't auto play the show for yeah. for instance I'm not <laughs> sure why Netflix does that when everybody hates it but but yeah you know, there right. it is yeah um but yeah, I mean, I, I other than that, I, yeah, I, I, I think it's, I think it's been great. I've watched the Mandalorian. I've watched the first episode of uh, the World According to Jeff Goldblum and the first uh, episode of the Imagineering Story, uh, which is the the show about um, about D- Disney Imagineering, the the people who basically build the parks. Um, and the first episode is is just a little bit over an hour, and it's all about. Essentially, how Walt came to to build Disneyland, um, and uh, and all the way through until until he passed, um, and uh, and it's fantastic. It's 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 a really really well put together show. Um, World according to Jeff Goldblum, the first topic did not excite me. It was about sneakers, um, and uh, and and the whole thing was just a little uh, kind of the whole sneaker thing is a little absurd to me. So mm. I I as much as uh, Mr. Goldblum himself was delightful. The subject matter was not great, but next week's episode is about ice cream. So I'm down for that. I think it's going to be a good one. Um, I yeah. do actually like, I'm finding that I really, really appreciate that. It's that there's only one episode of everything. Mm. Yeah. So like the stuff that like, I gotta, gotta watch, I'm done. Like I did it. I watched the three things that, that to me are like, Oh, these are the three things that I really want to see. Um, that I, that like are day one things for me other than, you know, jumping into a couple of classic cartoons and whatnot, maybe later this evening, um, while I'm editing. But yeah, other than that, like, like, yeah, it, it's, everything's there. I've got it all kind of in my list and, um, can't wait to start going through, um, I'm gonna, I, this is more of a rebel cells thing than, 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 a, a an FMI thing, but, uh, but I'm going to put together a list of the essential clone wars episodes that you need to watch to, uh, to get ready for the final season of clone wars. Um, as well as I, I, and then this is more for, for this audience. Uh, I'm going to put together, uh, a, a definitive list of, of, um, both, Clone Wars and Rebels episodes to watch in order to understand um, as much as you can about the Mandalorian, which uh, episode one already very deep in the Mandalorian lore, uh, mm-hmm. the Manda yeah. lore, if you will. Um, yes. 
uh, which I will. I'm going to. It's the Mandalore. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put those two things together and publish them over on Thunderquack.com uh, in the next couple weeks. Um, but uh, yeah, so basically the idea there is that I'm just gonna kind of give people that. Um, I think that everybody should go in and just watch the entirety of Clone Wars, the entirety of uh, of of Star Rebels. Wars Rebels. But um, yeah. but if you uh, if you don't have that kind of time and you just want to get uh, into the stuff that's the most important, um, I'm going to put those two lists together. Um, that'll that'll give you the history that you need in order to understand where we're at um, for this character and maybe fill in a couple of blanks. Um, although I would say that this actually asks more questions than it answers. But uh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. you, you know yeah. what though we jumped like right into this and and i'll say i this is our first episode of a new podcast so there may be some new listeners um for those of you who don't know us i matt and i have been podcasting about star wars since i've been podcasting specifically since 2008 matt joined me in 2009 in season two of the yeah. clone wars we started with a series called Frontlines, the clone wars podcast where i uh, we recapped every single episode of the clone wars we talked about a few other things as well um and uh, uh there's 138 episodes in that back catalog that you can go and listen to at uh currently at rebelcells.com but in the future at thunderquack.com um and uh, i i when clone wars ended and star wars rebels began we started a podcast called the rebels podcast um, starting a new podcast was a bit of a misstep. I, and, I, I, when rebels ended and star Wars resistance started, we actually just morphed that podcast, the rebels podcast into rebel cells, the star Wars animation podcast. So now everything, I clone wars, I rebels and resistance is all under one roof over there. Um, with, with that podcast, um, and you can listen to all of that. And we just basically talk about Star Wars animation and we include everything. So we've actually also got another co-host, Cassie, who does um, who does our uh, Forces of Destiny recaps. Um, and uh, I, and we've also done Lego Star Wars, the Freemaker Adventures, both seasons. Um, mm-hmm. So there, there's lots of content over there, uh, hundreds of episodes for you to listen to. Um, really great stuff. So if you haven't listened to that, then then you can go check that out. That's kind of our cred. That's our uh, that's our Star Wars cred. Um, yeah, and, we've been podcasting for quite a while. It's, yeah, it's, it's been a minute. Over it's ten been years. A minute. Yeah, yeah, you've been doing this for ten years. I've been doing it for eleven. So, yeah. um, and when when the Mandalorian was initially announced, I wasn't sure. I I was actually originally thinking like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do a podcast about it. I'm just going to enjoy the show. But yeah. as we got closer and closer, I was like, who who am I? To, to <laughs> deny, <laughs> to deny myself, to deny the audience, uh, uh, what, what they're looking for, which is, um, the, actually the truth of it is just that we would have ended up talking a lot about it on rebel cells. And I want to keep that as a safe place for star Wars animation dedicated to that because I really like I, Matt and I both really, um, feel that that's an important part of the star Wars lore at this point and um and and maybe necessarily doesn't get the respect it deserves although i think with disney plus that's about to change i think now that it puts it um in everybody's hands here's the thing you finish the first episode of the mandalorian what are you going to do now you gotta wait until friday right so you better get to binge in the clone wars star wars rebels you can watch the first episode of resistance you can watch all of the freemaker adventures Freemaker's, droid tales yeah. 
Lego Star Wars All-Stars. There is so much excellent top-tier animated Star Wars content. Don't sleep on that Lego stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, all that stuff is there. I think that everybody should go enjoy it, um, in between. Uh, but, uh, but this podcast, the new podcast is, um, part of a new format that we're going to do at Thunderquack where, um, so we've got faster, more intense is going to be our star Wars, uh, live action, Disney plus and movie, um, podcast so uh, we'll talk about news we'll have commentary and reviews around all of the live action properties uh rebel cells will will remain the place to listen to all of the uh the animated content and then we've also got star wars the saga continues which our friends tim and kyle do uh and and paul uh, now as well um Mm -hmm. where they basically they just kind of talk a little bit more generally about star wars these shows are a little bit more focused so they kind of just go in and they'll they'll definitely do reviews and that sort of thing but that's more of a conversational podcast and less of a episode breakdown recap and that's what that's what this is going to be so we're going to give you guys um uh, a breakdown of the first episode of the mandalorian um uh, basically kind of in note form we're gonna we're gonna talk back and forth about stuff um so it's still pretty conversational but but we've got a little bit of an outline to work from um and uh and just kind of get into the nitty-gritty and maybe uh, uh discuss some stuff speculate uncover a few uh clues at where the the episode might be going uh where the season might be going i should say um and we'll also be covering uh, uh, the movies when they happen, um, yeah. which I don't actually. We probably won't be covering a lot of movie stuff for a while. Um, <laughs> we got one more. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but <laughs> hey, we've only got eight episodes of The Mandalorian, and then it's going to be quite a break until the Cassian Andor series. Um, so and then season two of The Mandalorian. So uh, so yeah. in between now and then, uh, obviously we're going to be talking about the rise of Skywalker. We will be talking, uh, coming back and talking news about the other. Um, uh, uh, the other shows that, that are in production um, as we get that news uh, we'll talk news about the movies and that sort of thing as well um, and we'll and I think what we'll actually probably do is we'll come back and Matt and I will have a few very focused discussions on the existing films that are already out so um, sure. yeah. in between because I think it's going to take a little while before they kind of get the machine up and running where we've got where we don't have big breaks in between shows but right. um the other show that we're that we're going to be launching on Thunderquack when uh, when when that content starts showing up is uh, Nuff said the an MCU podcast or the MCU podcast I think it's the MCU podcast I uh, which will be all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe so in the similar way to that this this is all about live action Star Wars that's going to be all about the live action uh, Marvel. Uh, movie content specifically the mcu but not restricted to the mcu so we might jump into uh things like venom um i i you know i i don't know what else is really coming out i guess everything is kind of mcu in the future isn't it um but kind of depending on on what comes out i uh discussing that stuff and maybe going back and and doing a little bit of commentary on some of the the uh existing uh uh 21 odd uh uh, MCU films and uh, and and other stuff like uh, like the X Men films, the original Spider Man films, and and that sort of thing. So that'll be a podcast dedicated to that. the The reason why I mention them both is because they're going to be a very similar format. Um, Matt and I are kind of your lead hosts for for this show, um, and I'll be one of the lead hosts over on Nuff Said, but. 
Um, but with these shows, what we're actually going to do is we're going to rotate in uh, the with with a whole bunch of other Thunder Quack podcast hosts, as well as hosts from outside of Thunder Quack. Um, I'll tell you right now, uh, we've got we've obviously got Tim and Kyle hooked up to to come in. Paul's going to come in and do an episode or two. Um, we've got Amanda, my co-host from Quiver the Green Arrow podcast, coming in to do the second episode with me uh, next week. Uh, uh, that'll be releasing on next Tuesday. Um, and uh, and we've got Jason and Carl both coming in uh, on separate episodes uh, from from uh, the Wampas Lair podcast uh, coming in to to talk about the Mandalorian with us. So <laughs> it's going to be really fun. Um, I think this is going to be a really great way to to jump into the community and have a larger conversation, not just Matt and I, um, yeah. and uh, and and kind of get get the the larger picture and sort of get everybody's opinions in there. Um, and I think it'll be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited about it. Um, and I, and I hope that you guys are too. Um, obviously, uh, you're, you're, if you're a rebel cells subscriber already, you're getting this in your feed. Um, but, uh, if you're new to, to the podcast, um, to thunder quack, uh, head over to thunderquack.com, check out all of our other podcasts. Uh, we've got a whole, um, library and back catalog of stuff. Um, and, uh, I, just check it out. Check out that stuff. Uh, we're supported by Patreon right now, um, but we are actually we're in a bit of a transition period. It's funny that we're launching this right now. It's not exactly the best time, but um, I, we're kind of in a transition. We're going to be moving platforms really soon. Um, but right now we're supported by Patreon primarily. Um, that's where I, 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 we get the majority of uh, like the monetization, which really just pays for the podcast itself. Um, uh, but, uh, if you're interested and you want to check out more content, um, exclusive stuff and be part of the community, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash thunderquack and, um, pledging your monthly support and pledge of support over there. Um, and we've got, we have exclusive podcasts, um, early access to stuff. Um, we've got a Facebook group with a really great community of really dedicated listeners, um, in there that's, that's really welcoming, really inclusive and really awesome. So, uh, so if that all sounds good to you maybe check that out but uh let's jump back let's jump back into actually some star wars news and let's talk about uh on the disney plus front um first off 4k you mentioned it earlier 4k versions of the original trilogy uh as well as the uh the the prequels and the sequels uh although the force awakens is the only one that's up there the force awakens and rogue one are both up there um But I, I, very interesting news that a new hope has been altered yet again, um, <laughs> and I, I a very specific scene uh, that maybe has been tinkered with a wee bit too much, but yeah. uh, the the Jeez. Greedo scene has undergone yet another change. Wow. Um, yeah. Which I, I, the reports are coming in that, that apparently that change was already in for the 3D releases, for the planned 3D releases of the movies. Um, and George had put that in himself. So this is not Disney. Yeah. Yeah. This was actually the final edit from George. And, uh, and so now we've got a nice meme. Uh, what is it? It's McClunky. Uh, is the, is the, <laughs> so essentially what's happened is in the scene with Han and Greedo, Greedo still shoots first, but for some reason now, before Greedo fires his shot, there's a cut 
back to him where he says the word McClunky and then, and then he shoots first and then Han shoots him. Um, and uh, I haven't watched it myself yet. I've just seen GIFs and commentary and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very interesting, very confusing decision. But apparently, uh, McClunky, uh, however it said, is a callback to something that Sobulba actually says to Jar Jar and Anakin when he's threatening Jar Jar. Uh, and he's going to pound him into orange goo. Um, so... It's actually, it, God bless George Lucas. Uh, we wouldn't be here without him. But yeah. uh, man, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta leave well enough alone, walk away, and and uh, you know, yeah. no one to no one to cut cut and run. But um, hopefully, in the future, we're gonna get we're gonna get um, unedited versions. Um, but that being said, that being said, I will always go back to it and say. The original cuts of Star Wars, although they are historically significant, um, in particular A New Hope, I don't actually think that they're better. I think that the special edition cuts are better. I think the Blu-ray cuts are the best we've gotten so far um, mm-hmm. with the cleanups, and, and uh, in particular Empire and Jedi. There, there are some things in those that are that are huge fixes um, that are really great. But, uh, yeah, I... I I mean, like, I think the final battle with the Death Star is better. I th- I think yeah. what we need is one final pass. I think that there needs to be a definitive cut at some point um, that includes special edition stuff, but maybe just kind of tastefully edits around some of the things that we don't necessarily need. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't think we'll ever get that, but it would be nice. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, the Jabba scene doesn't need to be back in there. Greedo shouldn't shoot first. Han shoots first. <laughs> But yeah. you know it is what it is. That. Yeah, that's yeah. It, it. They're George. They were George's movies. He edited them, edited them to that point. Um, and now it's up to Disney to choose what they're going to do with them. I think they're being respectful of George Lucas, uh, but I think that they could also cater to some of the fan desire for original cuts uh, without all of the enhanced special effects. But but with nicer, um, really basically just take the THX laser disc prints and. Mm-hmm. Um, and and make them available digitally that would be really nice but um yeah i mean now that we've got access to 4k star wars really shouldn't be complaining yeah i but that was the biggest shock to me was you know because i knew they were going to be coming out 4k i think next year they were looking at i thought i saw a new story and then all of a sudden they show up on this i'm like well geez i don't need them necessarily on uh on disc now if they're on disney plus they have all the extra features. All the deleted scenes are on there. But uh, there, therein lies the trick. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I think this is what we'll end up seeing. Like you say, uh, 4K releases are kind of expected soon. Um, and I don't d- doubt that that's coming. I expect that the catch, the reason... Because you're going like, well, what do I need them for? Now i got 4K on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Paid my paid my for you seventy dollars a year for me ninety dollars a year, um to to get access. I'm in Canada for for new listeners by the way. Matt's in the U S. Yeah. Um, I, but I I how do you how do you then get people to pay for physical copies for a new saga edition with you all nine films? Something. How do you, you do it? You how do you do something. it? <laughs> you got to add something. And the yeah. uncut THX versions, that is definitely the best way. 
that mm-hmm. is the best way to me for me like the thx versions would be great um that's what that's what i grew up watching uh that was really uh, getting access to star wars previous to that was really difficult you had to know somebody with the with the vhs's or i uh, or uh on the off chance that somebody had had it taped off of a tv airing which was very rare they didn't air them on tv very often um then, uh, then you could watch them. But uh, until those THX remasters came out in, I want to say, 94, 95, 95? Um, 95, yeah. Yeah, uh, it was, they were a little hard to come by. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, I would love to see those again. But uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see. They did do a DVD re-release of them. Um, actually, they did a DVD release, but I don't think it was the THX versions. I think it was literally just like the the original vhs cuts um and they were not cleaned up very much and they were they were kind of rough but um and then that was still standard def not high def so uh anyways i yeah i we'll see uh if anybody notices anything else from from any of the other films that's been changed but uh but but that's where that's where we're at right now um i don't know i'm excited to watch rogue one again i haven't watched rogue one in a long time um, I have particular opinions about that film, so uh, right. maybe I'm hoping that with some time away from it, that maybe I can go back and, and enjoy it a little bit more than I did. Uh, and on my pre- I think it's a good movie. I just there's some story stuff that bothers me, but yeah, um, yeah I I don't know. Are, are, what are, what are you gonna be What are you gonna be watching now that you've watched The Mandalorian two or three? Yeah, times? you know, it's just like today. I I just kind of scrubbed through. Um, you know, Return of the Jedi because I just wanted to see the 4K mm. uh, on the TV, and you know, it's 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 not the, it's not like the the difference between VHS and DVD back in the day, but just to to have them on 4K is pretty cool. You can actually go in there. So I kind of scrub, scrub through that. Um, honestly, like uh, for for this Disney app, I'm paying seventy dollars for the Mandalorian. That's basically what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, you know, you throw in. Some of the other, or hopefully, there's going to be more original content because right now it's really, I mean, what do we got for original content? Two or three things maybe that I've seen. Um, so, you know, and then the back catalog is fine. You know, a lot of those movies I already have. So, um, basically, I, like I said, I'm paying seventy dollars to watch yeah. the Mandalorian, which is which is fine. I have no problem with that. It's you know that plus all the other stuff. I'm sure you know once in a while I'll go in there and and stream some Pixar stuff or you know, some of the National Geographic or the, like you said, the Jeff Goldblum stuff, kind of yeah. tweak through that for the week. But, uh, but it's still, it's, you know, I, like I said, it's been, it's been great so far. I, I've been kind of scrubbing through things and kind of looking, I haven't really had a lot of chance to do things, but, but I love what you said about, we talked about this uh, back on Rebel Cells. I love the fact that they're not just dumping everything all at once. I mm-hmm. mean, I just love this kind of marinade, let us, let us marinate with this first episode. Uh, let's talk about it. Let's get it out there. I love that everybody's starting to talk about it and, and uh, just echo what you said earlier. Welcome to all the new people that are out there that are looking for something to kind of enhance your experience listening or watching The Mandalorian. I did the same thing. I, I watch stuff and I, I love to hear other people's theories and takes and stories on on, on, on the uh, on the episodes. So hopefully you guys will. Uh, come back and stick with us even though we're going to like you said be rotating and yeah and bringing different people that's going to be fun I, I can't wait to uh to hear other people's takes on it so yeah just all around it's been a it was a, a solid a solid outing for me with the disney plus it, it started off 
uh, great. And Friday already, we're getting the next episode. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> let's do along, it. Let's along do with it. Jedi Fallen Order. So uh, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. I'm excited. Uh, cool. Yeah. Let's uh, let's let's jump into our into our yeah. recap. Let's talk let's about do this it. episode. Grief Karga said you were coming. What else did he say? He said you were the best in the Parsec. Freeze! No! Drop your weapons! No, 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 pardon. Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to alarm. This is Dr. Pershing. Please excuse his lack of decorum. His enthusiasm outweighs his discretion. Please lower your blaster. Have them lower theirs first. We have you four to one. I like those odds. Cool. So I the first episode of the mandalorian i it's going to be really easy to remember that episode titles because they are just simply titled chapter one chapter two chapter three etc um first episode directed by dave filoni uh i did not do you know i'm just building the the rundown for this and i didn't think about the fact that uh that we usually talk about both the director and the writer um so bear with me for a moment while i bring it was written by uh, john favreau the first episode is written by John Favreau alone. Is yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. He got single writing credit. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, yeah. And, and, uh, they're both executive producers on the, the entire series. So, uh, yeah, I, man, uh, first and foremost. So we've kind of talked around the fact. What do you think? How do you feel? Oh yeah. Initial impressions is, um, I would probably score this thing like an eight out of 10. I mean, it didn't like, I wasn't like shocked and just like running around the house, you know, with my head, you know, it was just going crazy, but I do give it like an eight out of 10. I thought it was a solid first episode. Yeah. Really. I mean, thoroughly enjoyed it. I've watched it twice already. I'm going to go watch it again. Uh, I just, We'll get into a lot of the stuff that that we've seen here. A lot of the questions. I love the fact that the this was an episode where you have to set things up in, yep. in, in a certain way, you know, and then throw out some questions and some and some mystery in there, and kind of give you the overall vibe of the show. And I think they did that. And uh, I, you know, like I said, solid love the first episode. What do you think? Yeah, I yeah, I'm in love with this show immediately um, yeah. from 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 the get like it is um i've seen some some takes on the internet today that i honestly i don't know where people are coming from i don't know what baggage they're bringing into this i really really can't pin down the general public and their feelings about star wars i here's the deal Here's the deal. Let's uh, let's let's get real about Star Wars for a second. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a hardcore Star Wars fan. Um, a hardcore Star Wars fan, and and I don't. I'm not trying to like be exclusive and and uh, a gatekeeper or anything like that. I'm just trying to like kind of set it 
like and 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 so that people can understand kind of where where I'm coming from, where Matt's coming from, where every, a lot of the people that are going to come in and, and co-host this podcast are going to be coming from the perspective that we have. Um, I don't want to exclude any of the younger listeners because I know that we're probably going to have a few coming off of Rebels and Resistance that are going to listen to this podcast. And so the the time period I'm going to talk about might be a little bit foreign to them. They maybe grew up watching the clone wars i mean one of our co-hosts on rebel cells cassie she's significantly younger than matt and i i mean i'm significantly yeah. younger than matt because matt's an old man but i yeah. uh, <laughs> but i i she grew up on the clone wars from from a very young age she was uh, in elementary school i believe when she started watching the clone wars so to her i mean like before that you had the prequels Star Wars has been in production her entire life. Um, for for myself, um, I didn't really, like I kind of mentioned before with the THX stuff, I didn't really get into Star Wars until that THX release. Prior to that, Star Wars was a thing that was talked about but never really watched, right? Like it was like, oh, you'd either seen Star Wars or you hadn't already. And if you were lucky, you knew somebody who had a copy uh, that you could watch. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if you hadn't seen it, you just hadn't seen it. Uh, And and then even the THX remasters come out. And for a little while there, I mean, like we refer to it as the dark times, the time post Return of the Jedi, sort of uh, around Return of the Jedi. Some other things happen. Um, you get the Ewok show, you get the droids show, you get the, the two, uh, Ewok TV movies, um, which are fortunate, unfortunately are not on Disney plus, but, but hopefully that'll get rectified one day. Um, but then there's nothing for a long time. And then the Timothy Zahn novels start coming out and then the novels kind of start cranking up and, and there's more. Dark Horse starts producing comics. The THX remasters come out. And for a little while, the Power of the Force figures are back around this time. And for a little while, it's like, oh, cool. Here's this thing kind of back from the dead, right? Then the special editions hit, and then we get into the prequels. But for a long time, there was just there was just kind of nothing. Um, there was no Star Wars. Right. And and the prequels happen, and the first one is uh, beloved by some and despised by others. Um, the beginning of divisive stuff going on. But uh, and if you were the right age, I was thirteen, so I was definitely in the right zone for the Phantom Menace, and I loved it. Um, I loved all of the prequels when they were released. As an adult now, I look back and I go, okay, they are not the best films, and actually, the Phantom Menace might be the best made of the of the mm-hmm. lot of them. Um, but you know, like th- there was, if you think of it as a flame, right. It's kind of for a little while, it kind of dwindled into an ember and there were those fans who kept it burning. And then the prequels ended, the prequels come and, and it kind of flares up for a second and then it kind of dies back down. And then there are those of us who stuck around and in the time between uh, Revenge of the Sith and the the sequels, um, there's not a lot going on other than the Clone Wars and some novels and some comics, but there's no, 
Like it's not Star Wars is not in the mainstream anymore. But those of us who are hardcore Star Wars fans, if there's content, there's content, right? Um, and uh, and we'll find something to love. We'll find something to be passionate about because we're as mm-hmm. as uh, Mark Hamill describes us the the ultra passionate fans, the UPFs, right? And that's I think like that's where we're coming from with the Mandalorian coming into this. I think that then there are also a lot of people who watched Star Wars as a kid and really enjoyed it. And they live their lives not really thinking about Star Wars on a daily basis. And then when they hear, oh, there's a new Star Wars thing, they go, oh, cool. Maybe I'll check that out. Right. They are not the types Mm -hmm. to book days off in order to make sure that they have a clear schedule nothing can get in the way so that they can enjoy the premiere of the rise of Skywalker. Right. Like these are people Mm -hmm. who are like, I'll see it when I see it. I want to (laughs) avoid the crowd. And that's the majority of people that are going into the Mandalorian. I mean, that's the majority of people. Um, And I think if you're going into it with that, uh, I think a, you're going to miss a bunch of stuff. I think that there's a lot in this, that is very subtextual storytelling. There's a lot of callbacks and references. There's a lot of real deep cuts um, right from from the first couple of scenes. Uh, and um, it's a this is a show made by hardcore Star Wars fans for hardcore Star Wars fans. I liken it to Solo, where like there are a lot of people who who sort of bag on Solo. Um, but the thing about Solo, the reason why it's my favorite Star Wars movie is because that is a love letter to Star Wars, both the movies and the fandom. I mean, like mm-hmm. they reference Masters of the Tereskazi in that yeah, film. Yeah. And yeah. that is absurd. It's a terrible video game that doesn't deserve to exist. And yet it does. And that that line for those of us who get it is a highlight of that movie, right? <laughs> Similarly yeah. with the Mandalorian, um, right off the bat, I, with the Mandalorian himself, his introduction, kind of his attitude, um, yeah. it a lot of it harkens back to the holiday special and the first time that anybody was introduced to Boba Fett. Um, and, and the moment, uh, I, I, in one review, uh, that will remain nameless, I, uh, one of the, it was a podcast review and one of the podcasters was like, and then there's that scene where like, they've got, he's got that monster on the ship and he just gets the thing and he just shocks it and that's it. And it's like, I w I wanted him to like, have to figure out how to fight this thing. And my reaction to that scene was the complete antithesis of that. Right, he right. hangs yeah. out the side of that ship and he just takes that thing and he just jabs it and it zap. And then the thing lets go of the ship. And I was like, there we go. That is a direct reference to the holiday special. The holiday weapon. Special. Yeah, exactly. The, the, yeah, the monster, the monster is yeah. not a direct, like it's not the monster from the holiday special. It's a completely no. new monster, no. completely new creature. But, but just sort of the interaction, the fact like like in that the the that creature is kind of dragging down Luke's ship. Like it's there's a lot. It's a subtle reference, but it is a reference. It is a direct callback exactly. to the holiday yeah. special and to the introduction of Boba Fett to a large audience. And to me, I'm like that right there. 
there's that. And then immediately after that, we get a reference to life day. I, uh, it, it's just the, the carbonite, like all, it's just like, it's like, bam, 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 star Wars. Right. I, yeah. uh, and, and I think the biggest thing that I'm having a hard time with, with a lot of people's reaction is I'm hearing all this chatter of like, really wish he would take his helmet off. I really wish we could see his face. Well, wow. Okay. Everybody's been asking for the longest time. I want a Boba Fett story. I want a Boba Fett movie. Oh, they should make a Boba Fett TV series. Oh, Boba Fett video game. Boba Fett book. Boba Fett comic. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Boba Fett is a punk. He went out like a punk. His dad was a punk. He's a whole line of punks. There's a reason why clone troopers are disposable. Boba Fett is not the epitome of Mandalore. And go back and watch the Clone Wars. Go back and he watch. Stole the armor. Go, yeah, yeah, go back and watch. I, uh, I, uh, uh, Star Wars Rebels. We now have examples of Mandalorians that are more honorable. They're more formidable. I, uh, they're more clever, and they're not bounty hunters. That is not the only thing that Mandalorians do. They have a code. They have ethics. They have honor. All that stuff. Um, they're more complicated than the character of Boba Fett. And they're more interesting than the character of Boba Fett. This character, the Mandalorian, uh, the gunman uh, in this, he is already more interesting than Boba Fett is in most of his appearances. Now, there's some legend stuff. There's some some non-canon storytelling with Boba that that's pretty good. But um, but in my opinion, the worst thing they ever did to Boba Fett was take his helmet off and show us. Django Fett, show us that kid, uh, connect him in with the clones and all that stuff. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love clone troopers. I love those characters, particularly ones from the Clone Wars. But because, just because I love those characters doesn't mean that I'm happy with what they did to the character of Boba Fett. Because I, I really find that Boba Fett in the Clone Wars is an obnoxious character. He's very like kind of whiny and... And a little bit tedious. Um, and the other thing that the Clone Wars and and uh, Rebels did is they gave us way better bounty hunters than than Boba Fett. Um, they yeah. gave us Cad Bane, who I'm Cad sorry, Bane. but Jeez. Cad Bane. I mean, like they were setting up that Cad Bane is going to kind of be was going to be one of the people that Boba learned from, um, and and it never got there. We never got that storyline. Um, and we're not going to, I don't, it's not going to be included in the, in the final season of Clone Wars, but, uh, we got Cad Bane. Uh, I, we got Hondo is a pirate. He's a little bit different, but he's sort of another ne'er do well, uh, out there in the galaxy. Uh, we got characters like Embo. We got characters, I, I like, uh, all over the place. Like Asajj Ventress eventually kind of becomes a bounty hunter esque character. Um, uh, kind of a gun for hire sort of thing. I, I mean, like that galaxy is so much wider and and richer than any of the stories I think that have been told with Boba. But in any case, people have been saying, "I want a Boba Fett story." Boba Fett, Boba Fett, Boba Fett. And then here it is. This is the better Boba Fett story. And the first thing people are saying is like, he's, "The character's not very relatable because he doesn't take off his helmet." I'm like, first of all. It's a 39-minute episode. It's one 39-minute episode of an eight-episode season. Relax. Cool your jets. Like, slow your roll. Other analogies and euphemisms. Like, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Yeah. We got 
just little shots of it in this. Um, and we're going to get a lot more over this season. I guarantee it. Um, but yeah. already for me, I you're love not going to cast. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're not going to cast Pedro Pascal. Yeah. And he's just going to stay in the helmet all the time. Just really, like you said, just relax and we'll get there. Let the story play itself out. Yeah. You know, we got two seasons we know are coming, hopefully a lot more. So just, yeah, like you exactly. said, let it marinate. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, like I just, I, I, I love this show. I think it's great. I love this first episode. I love where it ends. Uh, I, I love yeah. the introductions and everything. Um, Big surprise. Horatio Sands was the, from Saturday Night Live, was the the bounty at the beginning. And I could not place him because obviously he's covered in blue fish man makeup. Um, and then yeah. I looked at the, yeah. I looked at the, the IMDB credits and I was like, Oh my God, how did I not notice? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So great. Good yeah, comedy. You know, it's him. You can hear yeah. him. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. I love the carbon freeze thing. I love that element. I love the idea that just with that piece of storytelling, it's like, well, clearly after Boba Fett shows up, in Jabba's palace with, uh, with Han Solo and Carbonite bounty hunters all kind of took note and went, that's how you do it. That's how right. you do it. Like that's, if you can just get the guy and freeze him, you like, you don't have to worry about, uh, refresher breaks. So you don't got to worry about feeding them. Like they're in perfect stasis and you just deliver them as merchandise, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a great, like, like it's a medium point between dead or alive. It's like, oh well, they're alive. If you want to crack it open and do what you want, you can do what you want. Otherwise, they're in perfect, perfect hibernation here, um, protected, and uh, I, you know, they're mint on card, as it were. Um, so I love that. I love that he's just he's installed a carbon freezing uh, chamber. <laughs> it's sort of like just this little like um, uh, wall unit. Um, yeah, yeah. And I like I thought I thought that was such a genius idea that he would have that installed on the ship um, and ready to go. Uh, yeah. Um, and then we get into. Well, sorry, go ahead. Well, as I say, you're kind of talking about this kind of cold open that they had, and for me, <laughs> yeah, it's it was just I love the fact that they they set up the feel of the series right away with this cold open with the homages to the western uh, feel. I mean. He here's the Mandalorian. He comes walking into this this you know quote unquote bar. Uh, he stops at the door, and you have this this shot of him kind of stopping at the door. I mean, it's a classic Western type of, of shot, and they're using those. Um, you know, like I said, and then and all of a sudden, boom! You get this action scene yeah. that kicks off. Awesome action scene, and of course, we kind of were spoiled about this action scene in the cold open here, but fantastic action you see what he can do you can see the skills of this guy already at the mandalorian uh, we don't know his name yet and then we get into some of the you know where are we going with this you know they mentioned pucks and bounties and stuff like that but but just the cold opening just setting the stage for the series um mm-hmm. exactly what i was looking forward to it is that's the part i watched this first opening and i just i kind of noticed that I was smiling like oh, man I, I can't believe we're here I, I'm loving this already I mean just yeah. the feel of it the the OT feel the vibe obviously this takes place uh what is it eight years after Return of the Jedi is I that think right? I think seven seven yeah yeah, yeah. so it's like just after it has that vibe it's just after the Battle of Jakku so the yeah. the Empire is officially defeated um 
Yeah, and I mean, like, this is a great place to jump into to this idea of the Imperial Remnant and and this guy that we see, uh, Werner mm-hmm. Herzog's character, which like no, basically nobody gets names, like nobody ever gets introduced in this. Right. Like, I, I, if you know names, it's because you've looked them up online. But some characters don't have names, so he's just the client, and I, I, he's he's got a a, a mission. Um, we, we got the, a little bit like with grief Karga kind of introducing us to him prior to that, um, with, as, uh, the, the Mandalorian hands in his bounties and gets his pay. I love the, um, the, he won't take the Imperial credits and he's like, yeah, he's like, well, down. I got, yeah. I got this Calamarian flan and it, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, they, they look, yeah. they look kind of rubbery, don't they? They don't look like they're hard metal. Yeah. They kind of make like a little it squishy almost, sound when he puts them down. Did it make a sound? Yeah. I, okay. I thought that I heard that. I go, did this make a squishy sound? Yeah. But yeah. So <clears throat> Imperial, also, I think that was a kind of a, 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 kind of an important point there that the Imperial credits mm-hmm. uh, at this point, um, in the saga and uh, the timeline, Imperial credits really don't mean much. Uh, yeah. anymore so it kind of well, shows you where the empire is and where we're, yeah we're evolved. in a we're in a transition right because the yeah. the imperial government's been destabilized and overthrown but the new republic isn't firm yet right, right. so um there are definitely parts of the galaxy that i think are civilized but but i think that the the these sort of underworld um uh outposts in that they're they're very dangerous at this point in time um and it sounds like it's also it's also rough living like like the way that he says like five thousand that won't even pay for fuel right right so um yeah it's a it's a really interesting time period and i'm glad that we're exploring this in a show um not just in novels and comic books um but uh he, he eventually gets to this to this imperial former imperial officer it appears um, and the stormtroopers just look beaten down. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're doing their best to be intimidating, but they're just not right. right. And, uh, yeah. and, and, and the Mandalorian is just not even phased by them at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, there's this doctor <laughs> guy that's got something to do with it. And, and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the very end of the episode, but um, yeah. they've got a bounty for him and they want it. They want it alive. A fifty-year-old. It's a. It's fifty years old. That's the only information we're given at the beginning. I love it. <laughs> yeah, well, I tell you what. This Werner Herzog. Uh, I I know the name. Uh, I know he's more of a director than he does acting. But I got to tell you, man. I I think this is some 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 of the most brilliant casting uh, in in the in Star Wars uh, in a long time. I mean. Yeah. This dude kills it. I totally buy everything this guy's saying. He's got the voice, uh, the inflection that, and the way he's talking to the Mandalorian. I was just eating this up. I mean, this scene, he's just showing up scenery, and I just love this. Just the way these guys are, they're, they're letting the scene play out. It's, it's slow. There's, there's dialogue and the tension building with the music, and we'll talk about the music, too, as well as we go through this. Um just this whole thing with remember the the client as we know him at this point, brilliant casting. I just love this. One of my favorite scenes was was him and the Mandalorian just kind of doing this thing. And then you mentioned uh, Griff Carga played by Carl Weathers. At first, Mike, I thought that that you know being Carl Weathers, I thought it was going to take me out of the scene, mm. kind of like um, kind of like Woody Harrelson does in in Solo. For some reason, I just feel like he he pulls me out a little bit just because he's he's just like Woody, right? I just it's hard <laughs> to get around that. I thought that was going to happen with Carl Weathers, but at this point, 
I was kind of sucked into the scene. I didn't really notice it as much as I did with with uh, Woody Harrelson and in Solo. So I I was actually pleasantly surprised that uh, at this point so far he's uh, you know it just didn't take me out of the scene. But anyway, um, so we got the uh, we got Werner Herzog as the client talking about what they want to do. They want this bounty, um, and then they might actually get to uh, the scene with. Um, I guess we're going to call it another armorer. Um, yeah. Talking so about the yeah. Beskar. Yeah, yeah. So so the the uh, the the client's going to pay in Beskar steel, and uh, Beskar steel for for those who don't know from from the the Legends canon, uh, that's what Mandalorian armor armor is made out of, um, and it's the mm-hmm. thing that makes it indestructible essentially, right? So um, yeah. we're used to seeing blasters, kind of absorbed by armor so stormtrooper armor clone trooper armor um the idea is not that it's deflecting blaster bolts but that it um that it that it offers some protection but not complete protection from blasters i whereas beskar steel which is very hard to come by and is a specifically mandalorian thing is um basically impervious to blasters like it takes a, a heavy blaster or a cannon to to make a dent in Beskar steel. So, um, the client's going to pay in Beskar and, I, I, the Mandalorian takes it to the armor and, uh, uh, there's a great exchange with the two of them. I love it. Um, first off, she asks, has your sigil been revealed? Or, yeah. so, sorry, not sigil signet had been revealed. Um, signet, yeah. and, uh, and he's like, not yet. And she goes soon. Like, like you're almost there. You're, you're, you're getting there. And then, um, and then as she takes the, the Beskar and she starts melting it down, she, she, and she's like, Oh, I'm going to make you a pauldron. That seems like, that seems right. I, I like, we're getting all this awesome environmental storytelling of, of, um, obviously like the forging your armor is a big part of becoming a Mandalorian, um, mm-hmm. and, and like be, being a, a Mandalorian warrior and he's working towards this. And we kind of get the idea by the end of this, that like the helmet is, is his, that, that I, either it's been reforged from another helmet or, or he's, he's collected the Beskar in order to, to forge the helmet, but he's going to, she's going to make them, this, make him this pauldron. And she says, this is one of the, they're, they're kind of two moments in this episode that I find the most interesting. And this is the first one. Um, she says, the excess will sponsor many foundlings and he responds, he responds good. I, I was, I was once a foundling. She's like, yeah, I know. Um, I I had written that down and I asked myself, what is a foundling? And exactly. We do not know. We do not know know what that is right now. So Uh, based on the story that we've got and the flashes that we get of his flashbacks of his past, of his background, I think that foundlings are orphans that the Mandalorians mm. take in and train. So I don't think okay. that he is a Mandalorian in the sense that like he is from Mandalore. Like um, born, born into yeah, it? Yeah. But that he is, um, that this, A, the the Mandalorian culture has been sort of scattered across the galaxy in the in the events of, um, of the Clone Wars, at the end of the Clone Wars. Um, that we're going to see soon in season seven of, of Clone Wars um, with the Siege of Mandalore. I, but I think I think the idea here is that is that once they are scattered and sort of hunted, that they that they start essentially recruiting. 
Um, and uh, and this is a great example of that. I I think that that's that's exactly what he is, um, and I think that's what foundling means. So it's like these children that are that are taken in because we see these other kids running yeah. around, um, and right. and it's I uh, yeah like it's it'll, it goes I, with the flashback. Yeah, and and yeah. I just lo- I love that idea of it will sponsor many foundlings like like like. It's just it doesn't need to be explained. It's this is classic Star Wars. It's one line that tells a story, um, mm-hmm. and and I think that uh, I think we're gonna learn a lot more about that as as the season goes on. Um, yeah, you mentioned I love the it. signet too. Yeah, and and that's some kind of a seal, some kind of official seal. And I thought maybe yeah. it was part of his clan or his his group but but now that you're saying this family that tape makes total sense too about how it how it intercut with the scenes of him kind of being put away by his family it looks like uh maybe being found like you, you know, like you said by by some mandalorians and they talked about this uh this this female mandalorian talked about the uh the beskar was gathered at the great purge so i'm assuming she's talking about the purge of the jedi over 66 uh or she's talking about the mandalorian purge uh you or know is there, man? I, th- I think that they're one in the same because I think that they yeah. happened at the exact same time. The, same time, the yeah. empire seized control of Mandalore during order 66. That's what we're going to, that's what we're going to see in clone wars. So, uh, or at least that's the, that's, that's what people assume we're going to see in the clone wars. Um, and based mm-hmm. on, on conversations with Dave Filoni in the past, that's my understanding of it as well is, uh, at star Wars celebration in 2015, we were both there uh, for that panel, uh, the 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 Clone Wars uh, panel, where where he went through those couple of final storylines that um, that weren't going to make it, and now we're getting some of them. So, uh, and one of yeah. those is the Siege of Mandalore, and there was a lot of stuff about like this is basically this is when we learn what happens with Captain Rex. This is what when we learn what happens with Ahsoka during Order sixty six, um, and it's also it's also gonna gonna have to do with Darth Maul and um, and and Mandalore and and the clone troopers, if they win, then it becomes an imperial planet, right? So, um, yeah. they, during Order sixty six in the in the Reformation. So, yeah, I, I think that that's I think they're going to be kind of one in the same. I think that that um, as we kind of learned in Star Wars Rebels, when the Empire took over, they essentially said to the Mandalorians, either you join us as Imperial soldiers or you're outlaws. And that's Mm -hmm. where the divide happens with, um, death watch going its way. And, and, um, and, and the Ren clan as part of death watch, as part of pre Vizsla's, uh, clan going its way. Um, and, uh, and then some of them, uh, I, you know, Ren Fow and, uh, 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 Ren Fow, yeah, is that right? Fen Rao, Fen Rao, I got backwards. Yeah. Fen Rao, uh, and uh, and others, um, uh, becoming uh, imperial soldiers for a time or or whatnot. Um, uh, uh, Gar Saxon being being an, another example. Yeah. Um, mm. And the Mandalorian way of life kind of being destroyed by the Empire, almost uh, almost erased, sort of their their culture almost erased. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's sort of what we're hinting at here, and we're going to learn more in the course of this series, and then I think also in in the Clone Wars, I think we'll get a couple of hints at, at some of that stuff. Um, yeah. One of the things I found really interesting is that there were 
there were sort of little horns on her helmet, which reminded me a lot of um, of Darth Maul's Death Watch. Um, but, huh. uh, it's interesting you say that because I wrote I, I noticed the same thing and I go I, I wrote down that um, we meet this female armor Mando. Um, mm-hmm. Her helmet kind of looked almost like Sabine Wren's, as far as like the eyes, the way yeah. the eyes holes were shaped. Did you which is that? yeah, which is also similar to Bo-Katan's. So I think like that's but, meant yeah, to be correct. like that. The yeah. way that it kind of comes down at the brow, it has that pointed part um, that almost separates it. I think is meant to sort of signify that it's a that it's a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. Well, the last thing I, before we move on from this scene, yeah. um, this is where the music really stuck out to me personally. Yeah. Is it was great music, uh, obviously Ludwig uh, Gorenson did this, uh, but this there was this, as walking to this to this uh, lady. Uh, there's this definite Western um, motif style, you know, that mm-hmm. was it just I just it just hit me right in the face, like oh wow, I noticed the music then. Not necessarily throughout the rest of the show because I was so engrossed in what was happening. But just I just wanted to mention that one scene where um, where I, it just kind of hit me right there, boom, you know. Uh, but from here, Mike, we we kick it over to uh, we get Nick Nolte's character. We get introduced to Nick Nolte, Quill, Quill, Quill. Is that what we're gonna say? Quill? Yeah, Qu- Quill. I, I I'm just gonna say Quill until Quill? we hear otherwise. But yeah, yeah. I yeah we he lands on whatever this planet is, and I, I we're we're flying a little blind. We don't have a recap yet from yeah. StarWars.com. Um, we have no idea what these planets are. Yeah. So in future episodes, <laughs> yeah. we'll, the, I think there will have been time for them to put recaps up and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, he lands on whatever planet this is and uh, spies a, a blurg off in the distance. And then one kind of pops up <laughs> right in front of him um, and, uh, and and takes him for a bit of a ride um, in its jaws. And, uh, and one of his gauntlets, yeah. actually, I don't know if you noticed, but the gauntlet on his left arm gets just mangled, just totally destroyed. So that's going to be really interesting to see um, him yeah. uh, replace that. I, I, and, uh, but he's rescued at the last, at the last moment by, um, by, by Quill, uh, this Ugnaught who, uh, who then takes him back to his little homestead or whatever. And, and they have this exchange where he's like, Oh, well I'm going to take you to the thing. And he's like, well, okay. You know, we'll split the the we'll split it fifty fifty, and he's like, "What you want half of the bounty just for being a guide?" And he's like, "No, no, no, I just want one of those blurgs. You can take the other one." And he's <laughs> like, "I don't want it." He's like, "You're gonna need it. You need to ride it." Um, yeah. So then we get a great scene of him trying to ride the the blurg, um, and kind of sucking at it, and then I, yeah. uh, and then interestingly, I I, and this is where I think we've got some cause for speculation. I uh, hmm. he basically says to him like what you're a Mandalorian and it's like and like I said earlier like we don't really know what that means at this point right is he a Mandalorian by birth or he's he, if he's a foundling does that mean that he's Mandalorian by training what's the difference does it really matter um since he was a foundling if it is if it means what we think it means then uh there may be more to this character than we think and yeah. and there's a moment here where uh, Quill says to him, uh, "What? Come on, man! You're a Mandalorian. I read the stories. I know what's up. Uh, your ancestors rode the great Mythosaur. Surely you can mm-hmm. handle this little foal." 
and uh, he just kind of shames him into it. And, and, and the Mandalorian turns around and he approaches slowly and he seems to just kind of coax this blurg uh, into letting him ride it. And he just kind of, he just kind of tames the beast. Um, but he does it by just kind of stretching out his hand and then touching the creature. And I, I don't necessarily, I'm not putting a lot of stock in the idea that this is a force sensitive individual, but I have to point out the similarity between this scene and the moment in attack of the clones when Anakin calms the reek and then rides the reek. Yeah. Like what's that about? What's that about? Right. So is is. this character necessarily going to become a Jedi? I don't know. Does he have some connection to the force? Possibly, probably. Um, but that's, I'm working under my personal belief that that the force is not Jedi or Sith and then not. It's not binary. There it's a spectrum. And characters like Rey are obviously there she's a Jedi. She's destined for greatness. She's being used by the force to as a as a as a means to an end, right? But then we've got other characters who are clearly guided by the force, who are clearly um, swayed by it and can tap into it like Poe Dameron. There's no way that Poe can fly the way that he does without at least some sort of force sensitivity. Han Solo is the same way in my opinion. Um, and, uh, I would even throw Finn in there. Uh, there are characters that like when you put Han next to Lando, there's something that distinguishes those two characters. And in my opinion, it is the fact that Lando gets by by cheating, cheats death. He cheats in cards. He cheats, cheats, cheats. cheats, (laughs) Right. Yeah. Han, there's something special about Han Solo. Right. There's something guiding him. Yeah. There's a there's a moral center that is also important to that character. There are these heroic elements that are that exist outside of his own natural ability. Poe is the same way. I think Finn is the same way. I think. Uh, there's something that pushes these characters towards greatness in these stories. I think the Mandalorian has that. I think he has that quality. And I think that that's one of the things that helps him here. That scene, like, let's think about who's telling this story. And that's the piece of context that I think that the general public doesn't have that the, the hardcore UPFs do, uh, especially those of us who have been, through the thick and thin of the clone wars and star Wars rebels and all of Dave Filoni's storytelling. This is a story being written by John Favreau and directed by Dave Filoni. These are not mistakes. If it's there, it's there on purpose. They know what they're doing. They know star Wars backwards and forwards. Dave was trained by George. Dave is training John there's a lineage here. It's no different than Yoda to Dooku to Qui-Gon to Obi-Wan to Anakin. That's mm. the deal. Like to Ahsoka, right? Ahsoka to uh, Kanan and Ezra. Uh, like that lineage is important. And this is coming directly from George. Dave knows how to tell a Star Wars story. George's favorite thing to do in Star Wars is, hey, you remember that scene? You remember that one time? And using that visual language, saying, like, you already know the story, here it is, right? I 
gotta have to imagine that's a hint. You combine that with the moment at the end of the episode, I feel like there's something more there. I feel like there's a connection to a larger galaxy. Um, and, and that this character is more than just a Boba Fett lookalike, mm-hmm. right? He's more than a wannabe. Yeah. He's more than a stand-in for a character who died in a Sarlacc pit you know, seven years prior it, this is, this is, this is important. Yeah. It was something I didn't notice and it, it didn't occur to me at the time. And now that you say it, you're like, yeah, there, there was a definite like shot. Like you said, it totally reminded me of, of attack of the clones and, and calming the reek and the same kind of thing. He kind of puts his hand out. I don't know. I can't remember if he actually pets it, puts his, he does. Yeah. He, yeah, he puts his yeah. hand on it. And he actually, yeah. and then he brings the other hand and puts it on it as well, and it calms down. It kind of closes mm-hmm. its eyes. It kind of just, and then it, and then it allows him to ride it. Um, which are the special effects a little rocky at times? Sure. Yeah. This is episodic Star Wars. Like we're getting eight episodes of this. They're producing this on a. They got a good budget. Obviously, they got tons of money to make this, but it is what it is. They're trying to do something crazy with this. Yeah. And so, yeah, the, the effects are the effects. They're, they're, they're special effects. I, I, for one, do not need it to be 100% photorealistic and perfect all of the time. What's your story? What are you trying to tell me? Is it good enough to tell me that story? Then rad. Uh, he yeah. rides it. It looks good. I, it looks good enough to me. I like it. It doesn't, it does it take me out of the story. No, it definitely no. reminds me that I'm watching a TV show, but Hey, um, I mean like, does it look like a real blurg? No, it doesn't because blurgs aren't real. This is star Wars. <laughs> There's a suspension of disbelief. You paid admission. You handed your ticket. They tore it in half and you sat down on the ride. If you then turn around and go like, Nobody said there was bumps on this roller coaster. I'm sorry, but that's on you. If that's yeah. how you feel, then don't ride. I like I like I don't know how else to put it. Like it's Star Wars. You're going to see some special effects. When you go back and watch Return of the Jedi and the Yasm comes out, you know, like size snoodles, like I don't care which version you're talking about. I mean like she looks a hell of a lot better in the special edition than she does in the original when it's just a couple of <laughs> sticks kind of janking around. Right. Yeah. Like it's star Wars. We believe it because we want to believe it. That's the magic. Right. And yeah. if you need it to be photorealistic and perfect in order to believe it, I don't know, man, tap into your inner eight year old. It's a kid's show. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't right. even notice, like, I, like you said, it was all about, like, I was so invested in the story that I didn't even pay attention to the effects. I thought most of the effects were actually really darn good. I mean, we I, know the Yeah, the that's, this is, thing. I'm trying to address an audience that I hear talking about, like, well, the effects aren't yeah. as good as the movies, and say, like, quiet. I'm, like, right. for me, the effects are of great. Of course not. The effects yeah. are great. I love every shot with the blurgs. I think they look great. I mean, like, if you've got the context of what the blurgs look like in the Ewok movies, then this is light years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this yeah. is this is a parsec of difference. Uh, uh, maybe even, you know, 14. 
uh, uh, you know, 12, if you round down, I, uh, <laughs> but yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it was great. Um, and this kind of leads into, they got, they have their moment of kind of writing, um, their, the cowboy moment. Um, and that's the thing that this is all a Western, this is all cowboy stuff, right? So he, they, it's a wild horse. He tames the wild horse and then he rides it. It's, it's about yeah. what the story, it's about what it means in the story. Not about like, I don't care if it's convenient, how fast it happens. It happens as fast as it needs to happen for the story to keep moving. Um, mm. did you want him to spend, an episode taming a horse. No, that's the sort of of thing that we tear star Wars resistance apart for. So let's move on. Let's get to the action. And that's exactly what we do. He shows up at this, this, uh, encampment and, uh, he gets a little bit of a pep talk from, uh, from, uh, from Quill. Who's like, uh, you know, you're going to do it because you're, uh, you're in the Mandalorian. That's why I brought you here. You're, you're going to make quick. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Um, he also said, uh, you know, he's also helped other people try yeah. to find this bounty. I thought that was an interesting line. And obviously, they all have failed. So um, he believes, like you said, Mike, he believes in this. He, uh, he believes in the Mandalorian. And what's his, uh, what's his little catchphrase? That, that is all, or that is all we say now? Or whatever uh, his catchphrase I have is. spoken. I have spoken. I have spoken. <laughs> yeah. So good. Yeah. Instantly memeable. Uh, hashtag I have spoken. If you use the hashtag I have spoken, his face appears next to it. His little emoji, hey, the, the, the little That's quill right. emoji shows up, which is just like, I've had a lot of fun with that today. Um, I saw you doing that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I have spoken. I, uh, wow. That was great. Yeah, man. I, I great character. Uh, and we know from the trailers, this isn't the last we're going to see of him. We're going to see more of, of this character. Yeah. Um, I, and then yeah, we get, that and, just, Sorry, go ahead. No, as I say, that leads us to uh, yeah. the main action piece. The uh, the end of this show, Mike. Uh, I don't know, man. This is this is what I'm. What I, this is what I signed up for. Gore was yeah. was to get stuff like this. Um, you know, the action, uh, IG Eleven, uh, the banter, uh, and it seems like the Mandalorian got a little. Like he started off really quiet, and by the end of this episode, he was kind of quipping a little bit and yeah. kind of showing a little more of his personality. But I don't know what do you think of this last battle here. I Star Wars at its best. Star Wars yeah. at its best, man. This, like you said, this is what we signed up for. This is why we bought Disney Plus. Um, yeah. You know, the original IG88 prop was bolted to the floor. It didn't move. Um, mm-hmm. It was just a prop with some lights in it in a scene. Um, alongside a bunch of other cool looking bounty hunters and uh, and and it was just hey go you guys go do your thing and it and it was all left to our imaginations um and now we see it and uh, oh, cooler I think it's cooler than than what I had in my imagination with with ig88 um <laughs> I know, right? and I think that we did see some ig droids in the Clone Wars but we certainly sure. didn't see one rocking as hard as this one uh ig11 is uh is a certified uh ba uh bh that's a badass bounty hunter uh and uh and and he proves it he proves it he does not uh give a care for any of these uh uh, bad guys nonsense he's just here's the here's the deal i'm here for the asset give it to me and uh and they don't comply and he just starts blasting um Mm -hmm. And the way that he just kind of rotates around and spins and precision and never really misses. Um, yeah. 
fantastic so good that's um, what i enjoyed too was was him like he spun and I, it was just a few scenes where they show him like his his eyes would would turn you know identify the target and then his yeah. body would kind of flip around and start shooting i thought that was really really neat little way to, to yeah to show him yeah uh, his, engage his, in the action his blender head's always kind of like a step ahead of his body <laughs> it's kind yeah. of like shifting and then the body follows and yeah it's just it's choreographed really well it's it's um it's ridiculous but it's right on that line like it is it's perfect star wars where it's like this is stupid this is super dumb uh but it works and that's what makes it oh, star yeah. wars right it's the millennium falcon it's uh i you know it's chewbacca i uh, it's like what what i'm sorry your co-pilot's a giant dog why yeah, right. i don't understand um but for some reason in star wars when it's done right it just works when it's done yeah. wrong it's jar jar binks right but when it's done right uh, uh it, it works and and it works so well in this um and even when we get into the comedy of it of the negotiating and he's like can we do this later and the and mm-hmm. ig11 is like i'm gonna need your answer yeah yeah <laughs> and then we get it off destruct yeah, yeah we get they get pinned and he goes oh, i'm gonna blow myself up cool and yeah. uh, and the mandalorian's <laughs> like why would you do that he's like well my manufacturer the warranty basically says i can't fall into anybody else's hands um yeah. and uh and and He's like, no, no, it's all good. So I, I actually think that that's important. I don't think that that was just jokes. I think that um, there's a reason why IG-11, why it's hammered into us that he needs to self-destruct rather than mm-hmm. be defeated. And mm-hmm. he gets defeated at the end of this episode when they open up that pod. Uh, they yeah. finally defeat the the these, uh, I, I don't know, let's just call them pirates. Um, it looked like they were Nictos, right? Yeah, as far as species, but but pirates. You're yeah. right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, they were Nictos. The 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 closed captions confirm that because there was Nicto chatter. Um, I but yeah, I I they defeat them and they get in and they find this pod and they crack it open and the Mandalorian has one opinion on what they should do. Um, I don't think necessarily informed by the fact that he'll get paid more. I think uh, I think because it's the right thing to do to him. I think it's actually going to become a source of contention in this story. Um, and the and IG Eleven wants to execute the asset as he was ordered to do, and uh, and and that's when the Mandalorian pops him one in the in the old uh, central processing unit, and uh, and IG Eleven goes down. And I think like the important thing here is that. He's not destroyed. He's just stopped. Um, yeah. And do you think? I, th- I think that. You go on, before yeah. you go on, Mike, do you think that IG Eleven and the Mandalorian have had separate um, bounties? Like, because he wants to yeah. kill it. So, yeah. so is it, is it, you got the same feel. That I, IG Eleven's okay. not working for the Imperials. The client. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. IG Eleven's okay. working for the Guild. Right okay. uh, under official channels and whoever whoever's been sending all of these people out to this place, it's there are multiple interested parties and I think that's gonna be that's gonna be the story of the season is that there yeah. are multiple interested parties that are all after this asset and I think that the I think that the party that we're gonna end up trusting is gonna end up being Cara Dune because we know that she is. Uh, either a former rebel or a new republic and so she's got that the starboard tattooed on her face right so um she's a she's a good guy 
we we can assume that based on on that that little hint. So I think that the idea here is going to be that she's the one that we're going to want the asset to go with. Um, let's talk about the asset for a second. Yeah, uh, I mean, huge, huge reveal, right? Baby Frogling, right? Uh, yeah. I, uh, Frogling being the only real uh, word that we've ever gotten for Yoda's species. It's the it's the term that George Lucas used. It's not <laughs> official canon that they're called Froglings, but that's always what he's referred to it as. So that's what I refer to Yoda and Yaddle as. So this is the third one that we've seen. Um, right. In the in Star Wars continuity, we've we've got Yoda, we have Yaddle, who was on the Jedi Council uh, in Episode One, and uh, and now and now this little this little uh, frogling, this little baby frogling, which is adorable as all get out. Um, please, I will buy all of the plushies and action <laughs> figures and etc. Yeah. Uh, for this thing because it is just adorable. A fifty year old baby, um, I love it. I love everything about it. I love that this is the reveal. I love that this is the MacGuffin uh, uh, of at least this episode, hopefully of the season. Um, and uh, and I, I think it's genius. I think it just instantly gets us all like tingly, right? Like when oh, yeah, I yeah. when you saw it, for, you kind of get that the the silhouette of the ears from behind at first, yeah. and you're like, yeah. is it? No way! <laughs> and then they turn it around, and you're like, it is. It 100 percent is. Um, and, uh, yeah. And that's when, when, uh, the Mandalorian kind of looks at it and goes like, no, this, you're not killing this thing. Uh, yeah. I think that he's going to reprogram IG 11 as a sidekick. Sidekick. Yeah. I don't think right. that, I don't think this is the last we're going to see of IG 11. Um, I, I think that we're going to see a lot more. I think this character is going to end up being a major character in the season. Um, Maybe even in the series because he starts off with that kind of comment about oh droids I hate droids sort of thing yeah uh, snakes yeah, why did it point. have to be snakes right and yeah. uh, and and then at the end of the episode we kind of get a little bit of an answer to that and and uh, yeah I th- I think I think that's where we're gonna kind of go with this so, it's kind of he's gonna kind of be the Robin or the the sidekick uh, yeah. to his Batman yeah you know it's funny that when I saw the reveal. Um, obviously you kind of had an idea that, okay, it's, it's, it's some kind of a, uh, baby perhaps or something, but I had no clue that this is going to be what we got, which is, you know, the species of Yoda, um, totally out of left field. It, it totally got me, totally surprised me. And it just, it's just, it's just your mind just starts reeling like, what the heck is going on? Who yeah. is this? It's obviously, are we going to think this thing is, must be force sensitive of course and how does that yeah. connect to the overall universe and it just your mind starts going crazy about well yeah what, what this could be yeah. yeah and the and the moment the last shot that we're left with with him reaching his finger out and and yeah the, and the the frogling reaching back um which is just such a great shot and then we go into the credits and the credits are beautiful it's just are all they? The, oh man it's all so the concept good. art i yeah. which is just so great it's genius that they did that um yeah. and honestly like I really hope that when we get to Star Wars Celebration, that 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 piece of concept art, the one of him reaching the the with their fingers kind of almost touching. I hope that I can buy that. I want to buy that and put that up on my wall because that is a work of art. Um, I love it. I I love everything about that moment. I love the visual. I love the silhouettes, the shapes. It's so great. Um yeah, man. I mean, what a way to end uh, a great 
premiere series premiere yeah. episode not just oh, a series cool. premiere but like this is the first live action star wars tv show episodic format whatever you know uh not a feature film uh and i let's go giddy up right that's yeah. the that's yeah. the that's the takeaway is like more <laughs> of this yeah more of this more yeah. of this man uh give me this give me cassian give me obi-wan, Obi-Wan i'm here two. for it man this is this is why i was put on earth was to consume this stuff and then talk about it on the internet with you. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I felt the same on this, the way this thing ended. It was just like, parties, like, I love the fact that obviously we're getting the, the week to, to kind of let it marinate, but also you just like, you want to click the next episode, like, oh my gosh, I gotta see what happens next, you know? Yeah. And it, but we don't have to wait too long. Nope. Friday. 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 But uh, I'll just say, just to close it out, man, um, like I said earlier, thoroughly enjoyed this. I, a great f- way to kick it off. Dave Filoni, uh, Favreau, they're killing it. Uh, the settings, the um, you know, the cinematic scale of this thing, some of the wide shots that they they, they pull back and they just let you see mm-hmm. things. Um, it just looks so great. The sounds, um, you know, this, the original trilogy sounds that, that take me back that are so familiar that I that takes me back to that OT era. You got the Garandin uh, that was in the beginning that had yeah. the, the voice. You know, it just it just has that that feel, and I'm totally sucked in. I'm totally hooked. Uh, fantastic first episode. Uh, can't wait for more. I mean, that's that's all I can say at this point right now. It's just that's all I'll end it, man. Can't wait for more. Yeah, Great absolutely. Start. Let's um let's let's hear what some of our listeners think. Yeah, uh, and we're gonna jump into the mailbag. We got a couple of comments coming from Facebook. Um, specifically from the Thunderquack Patreon group on Facebook. Uh, Matthew Campbell, uh, friend of the show and longtime listener, uh, uh, says so much good stuff. I think I really enjoyed the Mandalorian Forge scene, but I mean, it was all really good. Uh, and I'm right there with him. Yeah. Uh, I asked people what their favorite scenes were, so that's kind of why. That's kind of the, the tone of the response. And Kyle Avery, who you'll hear on subsequent episodes of this podcast, uh, says uh, the Mandalorian and IG-11 teaming up in that big gunfight was just so much fun. One of the best Star Wars blaster shootouts we've ever seen. I'm going to go a step further, Kyle. The best blaster <laughs> shootout that we've ever seen. I'm yeah. hard. I'm I'm hard pressed to say like what's what's the better one. I like because yeah. uh, we don't really get much of a blaster shootout scene in in really anything else. I mean, like there's a little bit. I don't know. I guess we get a little bit kind of, we get a couple things in a new hope. We maybe get not really a lot in, in empire. Um, not in a real shootout shootout sense. There's the, the when they're chasing Boba Fett. Um, right. And then return of the Jedi, we got the big battle on Endor, but it's not, I wouldn't really call it a shootout. That's more like it's the, they're in the middle of a war. Um, Solo's got some good stuff with the war scenes at the True. beginning of that. Yeah, but it's true. so quick. It's so quick. You don't really get to live in it, right? Yeah. Um, it's just, and it's kind of overwhelming. It's meant to be. I guess there's the the train scene in Solo, but oh, then, yeah. yeah. But yeah. then the prequels. The prequels are all about lightsabers. So, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, like maybe there's some stuff in in Clone Wars. Clone Wars. Yeah, I was gonna say Clone Wars. You get a lot of, you know. But nothing's jumping to mind. So I'm gonna go ahead yeah. and I'm gonna go ahead and declare this. I, I, what we refer to as F level canon going back to front lines, 
because uh, we referred <laughs> yeah. to things as G level canon when stuff was in conflict with the with the um, the expanded universe back then or the stuff that's now Legends. Um, F level canon. This is the best shootout in Star Wars. The only thing that could outdo it, I think, is subsequent episodes of The Mandalorian. So yeah. uh, we'll see. I, we'll I guess see. maybe there's yeah. a bit of stuff in Rogue One, isn't there? I guess there's some shootout stuff in Rogue One. This yeah, is better. Definitely. This is better. This is better. It's more fun. Thanks, it's yeah, cooler. Man. It's more fun. There's cool stuff. The scene when they're when they're uh, when the starfighters are attacking the base, and and um, I I Chirrut does his thing and he takes out the one Tie fighter with his bow. Uh, it's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I'm gonna sure, give it to yeah. that. But also quick, not not a lot to live in there this is like yeah like just when you think we're done no we got more of the mandalorian and and like it's like oh man this is going to be no problem there's only like 10 of them and then more of them keep coming and keep coming and keep <laughs> yeah coming. they just keep coming, coming. Yeah, and then that definitely. cannon comes out and they still manage to shut it down yeah man the mandalorian i i give it to this it's best best in best in in star wars um yeah, there you go if you want to give us your feedback, uh, you can definitely do that uh, uh, by uh, uh, checking us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Star Wars FMI and on Twitter at Star Wars FMI. Um, but uh, but that does it for this episode. Yeah. I uh, thank you guys for listening. I uh, stay tuned for all of the pertinent info where to find everything um, in the outro. Uh, but uh, that's it for me and Matt. Uh, and we'll be back. We'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, I'll be back with Amanda Conkin from uh, from Quiver the Green Arrow podcast doing her first official Star Wars podcast. We've talked about Star Wars on Thunderquack. She's my co-host on the Thunderquack podcast as well. But um, when we've talked a lot of Star Wars, but uh, but this will be her first time on an actual Star Wars podcast. Cool. So uh, yeah. look forward to that uh, as we discuss The Mandalorian Chapter 2. And Matt, you'll be back on the third episode, I think. Yeah, I'm coming back third, and then uh, just I'm kind of going from there. Just yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, excited. Can't wait to can't wait for more, man. So this will, this it. is going to carry us right up to I uh, I the rise of Skywalker. We've also got Star Wars Resistance going strong uh, over on Rebel Cells. So uh, lots of great Star Wars content, um, and and I'll have a lot to talk about with Jedi Fallen Order as well uh, soon. Yeah. So uh, so stay tuned. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you.
faster, more intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.